This is a Wild Gate Production Podcast. You're listening to the Old School Blues Podcast. This is the Old School Blues Podcast. This is episode number eight. I'm Vince sitting with Eric. Hey, folks. And Colin. Hello, gamers. Hello, hello. We are back with another episode, and we have a... uh, Actually, we have some really cool things going on right now. Uh, We got a whole lot of emails for reviews. People are just sending lots of reviews in because they want products reviewed because they liked and enjoyed the stuff that we've been reviewing in the past. We also got some reviews on iTunes, Eric. Ooh, awesome. We got three brand new reviews since the last time we have uh, been on the air in 2016. So 2017 brings us three reviews. I'm not going to read them verbatim because we all know that's kind of boring, but we can give them the people shout-outs and thank. Cool. Uh, Eric McDaniel, 28, gives us five stars. Um, Yay. Count Ulari gives us four stars and says we are in a fast track to being a great podcast. All right, so we're, we're moving up to five. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He says that he, his biggest complaint, and it's not really a complaint in my opinion, but I guess in his mind it is, the shows are not long enough. <laughs> Which is strange because generally people like those 30-minute shows or the two-hour shows, and we're... Between 30 and an hour, which I think is perfect for most commutes. Yeah, he feels that if it, we, we we go over the material well, we present it well, we just don't dive. We don't have enough time to dive into it deep enough. He wants, like, deeper dives into things. So I guess he's one of the two-hour podcast guys. Wow. Which, you know, that that happens, but we don't want to force two-hour shows. So, you know. No, if we, if we give you two hours because we can't shut up, and that mm-hmm. can happen. How long are some of the other ones, like the, um, well, I mean, Save or Die or, or some, some of the other ones that you guys do? Well, Save or Die is generally probably close to two hours sometimes, at least 90 minutes. I know Roll for Initiative is, is usually around the hour, hour and 15 minute mark. We try to keep it around there so people can listen to it and like when they go to the gym or they go for a jog. I know a lot of times people complain uh, if it's really long. They're like, oh, I don't have enough time to listen to it all in one shot. So, you know, we try to keep it like one hour around there. So, I mean, so sometimes we go two hours. Who knows? Yeah, I think we keep the general DGS one about an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, I think that's what you guys generally do. I, I, a couple times you had a really long episode, like three hours, I remember seeing. Well, at least once. Um, yeah, we, I can't remember which one that was, but... Oh, it's probably one of the interviews. Yeah, I think that's what it was, yep. And Dandro Beam, he gave us five stars also and said a great podcast. So we thank everybody, and if you just want to pop over to iTunes, punch in Old School Blues Podcast and give us a written review, you'll get a shout-out with your name. You can also send us an email at... uh, the following email address when I pull it up again because it's been a while. Old school podcast at DGSTexas.com. Head right over to our website. You can also punch up DGSTexas.com. There's a little contact form there and you can contact us that way. So, Eric. So, Vince. Yes, Vince. Tell me what's the update with Sword and Wizardry Light, man. What's going on with that? 
Sword and Wizardry Light is uh, in stock with uh, Frog God Games. So if you are ordering physical product, it will uh, come back to you in your package for free. Uh, if you ordered Bargegate and you're still waiting on it, it's in there because I got my Bargegate and I had my copy. Uh, if you back the uh, third printing of Swords and Wizardry Complete, there should be a copy included. There's some other plans to distribute it that are not nailed down yet, but are pretty cool. And uh, I'm currently working with Zach Laser and James Spahn, he of White Star fame, on uh, an, ex an Swords and Wizardry Extra Light, which will go to level 7. Uh, right now, the uh, working document is about 15 pages, and we plan to also include like seven adventures in the uh, release when it comes out. Free in PDF, and I think Frog God is talking about publishing it. So it's extra light? Extra light because there's extra material. It's, that's, <laughs> it's not like the extra light, like we're bringing four pages down to two, because I'd go insane trying to do that. It That'd be kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, but ex extra light is... is what we're calling it. We and James and I and Zach initially thought about going to level five and Bill Webb, he who you shall not uh, uh, say anything because he is the man. Uh, likes level seven as a sweet point. And then we thought about it and he's like, we're like, yeah, it's level four spells. It doesn't really warp until level five spells. So yeah, we're going to hit level seven. No. Oh, and play testing starts this weekend. Okay, so cool. I'll give updates on that later. <laughs> okay. Ah! Any news on uh, your front, Colin? Well, let's see. We're, we're getting ready for... Um, we're putting together the event list for uh, GaryCon. Yes. So I think we have like 32 events or something that we're running. Wow! Um, so, uh, you know, we have pretty good... I think we have six or seven DMs uh, running maybe 30 events. Uh, there's some pretty interesting ones. Um, there, there's one uh, called the Dreams of Airy, which uh, Bruce heard. Uh, is running for us. It's a, a six-hour event, and it looks like it's uh, in the world of Kaladar with like the princess arc and all that. Right. Right. So Which I think that be, yeah, I think that's going to be really cool. And, um, and we have a lot of other stuff. Somebody's running the Moro project. Oh wow! Um, oh my god! Yeah, I mean Ghostbusters, and um, obviously lots of of basic and expert and and, and stuff like that. Um. Star Frontiers, uh, so it, it, it should be pretty cool. There's going to be some new swag, I think some new t-shirts, uh, and a big cocktail party on Wednesday night where I guess we all have to be in like, tuxedos. Uh, awesome. uh -huh. So uh -huh. that'll be good. And then I'll, uh, I'll show up with a black t-shirt, maybe. Yeah, and then next week I have um, Midwinter Gaming Convention. Sounds good. Oh. But uh, I'm just pretty much going as a player. I, I, I might run. I have a couple board games I'm going to run. Um, but uh, other than that, I'm just going to pretty much be a player and hang out and have fun. Sounds like a lot of good times coming up for you. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to make sure you know about our new sponsor, the Open Gaming Store, run by John Rice, the same guy who created D20PFSRD.com, and sales from the store support the Pathfinder SRD website, as well as his other SRD websites. For every $20 in your order, you get a free PDF from D20PFSRD.com Publishing. And if you're a backer on John's Patreon at any level, you get 10% off all orders. So check out OpenGamingStore.com to support Open Gaming. Hey 
Well, let's get right into it this week. I told you we had a couple things that we were going to review. We're going to start our big trend of some really cool OSR products that we've uh, been given, found, uh, been directed to by various people through email or through Facebook or through anywhere, pretty much. But we're going to inter- or we're going to review something which I feel is trending popularity right now. That's just my opinion. I don't know if you all agree with me, but I have to say that. I spoke to Mr. J.V. West, and he gave us Black Pudding number 2 to review this week. So I did tease a little bit about it on my blog, uh, theevildm.com, earlier this week. And I threw out a few pages to show what it looked like, and it got nothing but uh, raves and positive reviews on, on Twitter. So everyone was like, oh, wow, artwork there and everything. So uh, it's available on RPG Now right now. I'm looking at it as a, a pay what you want. Uh, average contribution, $2.03 right now. So if you want to go out, go over there just to download it to see what it's like after listening to this show, do it. And then if you enjoy it, I suggest going back and buy, uh, throwing some some change in there or whatever you desire uh, to, to give Mr. West uh, a few bucks for his work. So. Great. What's that? Do, do you know J.V. West? I, I'm, I'm not familiar with him. I don't think I've met him. Oh, he's a artist, OSR artist, uh, and uh, creator of modules. Uh, geez, he just... I can't think of the module he released recently. Eric, can you, can you think of it offhand? Uh, offhand, he did some... Uh, was it Labyrinth Lord stuff? Mostly Labyrinth. He did uh, Rabbits and Rangers, uh, Winds of the Ice Winds Forest... Of the Ice Forest. And Howler. Yeah, I'm looking at his site now. Um, I have seen his art. I just haven't met him uh, in person. But um, yeah, he's got some really fun stuff. Oh yeah, good fella, good fella. Anyway, so okay, we both all have a copy of Black Pudding Two right in front of our little hands. We're looking at it. I want what, your first impressions of the cover, Colin. Give me your first impressions of the cover of this Black Pudding Number Two. Well, I love this stuff. This is like a flashback back to, you know, 1978 <laughs> with the kind of like whimsical, you know, semi-comical, but, you know, dynamic artwork, uh, you know, heavy black and white, you know, heavily inked. And, um, you know, the it, it's um, it, it doesn't look at all digital. Yeah, obviously, this is a digital copy, but it doesn't look like something in the 21st century. I mean, it looks, you know, totally old school. And, um, yeah, I mean, even the inside of, of the design itself, it's, you know, it's an RPG design. It's got all these different contents on there. It, it's almost built kind of like an old school module that you used to get through the, the RPGA. Mm-hmm. If you went to like Gen Con and stuff, it's got that kind of similar format. I don't know. What did you guys think on uh, first inspection? I'll let Eric go first. Go ahead, Eric. Oh. Um, well, I mean, when I first saw Black Pudding number one, I was floored. It was, uh, it was something that was new and exciting in the OSR, something that just had its own voice. It was great. So when I heard that Black Pudding number two was being given to us, I was thrilled. I saw the cover and I was... Uh, my mouth dropped open. It was like looking... At a re- it is really a reimagined, uh, you know, basic D and D cover, and it looks amazing. And then I started reading the product, and it was just as good, if not better, than the first one. 
he's got a great voice. He's got a great uh, way with the art. It, it's an awesome, awesome piece. When so, I I'm, actually, when I first saw this cover, I was really impressed. It kind of reminded me of that old. Um, I want to say the player's handbook for uh, first edition, like how they were all running up and scaling the, the beast. This kind of reminds me of like one of those scenes all put together, but I love this artwork. It just screams awesomeness, this art. I, suppose, I love that wizard in the middle with his hand up. Yeah, the old school wizard. He's like an old screw grump, like, mm-mm, dragon, you ain't going to come near me, man. <laughs> you know, it, it, it actually reminds me of Tim Cask. Uh, just <sighs> don't, ask, don't ask me why. <laughs> I'm sure Tim will be happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah, Tim. Shout out for you. Hope you're feeling better. Yeah. Hope he gets well soon. Okay. So, overall impression of the of number two, without going to too much detail of what's inside of it, Eric. There are so much. If you if you play any of the old school rule sets, whether it's AD&D, D&D, Labyrinth Lord, Sword and Wizardry, it, this is written for Labyrinth Lord, but there's so much inspiration here. You don't have to take anything exactly as it is, but it just oozes atmosphere. There's, I believe there's two character sheets, a handful of classes, monsters, an, advent, an adventure. He shoves so much into this. The, the value, it's pay what you want, which is an amazing thing. But even if you were paying three, four bucks, the value you're getting is is, is nearly priceless. It's great. I, I I love it. Can you tell? Absolutely. Um, looking through this whole thing, I was impressed page by page. And like, there is one part in here which we'll get to when we do the review that I absolutely love. That I actually I put the whole entire packet down, and I sent. Uh, Mr. West, a, a little ping on Facebook, and I said, "Dude, this reminds me of the day when, back in the day, when I was playing with DM Joe, and I was first learning how to play D and D, and this is like the stuff that made me really want to play D and D." So he caught he caught me with it like there. I was like, "Yeah!" So that's how I felt when I was reading this. What about you, Colin? Yeah, it it looks it's looks very accessible and, and fun. Um, you know, he, he says it's uh, it's a tribute to the basic and expert sets we you know we all know and love. So yeah, well, I, Lord, I guess yeah. technically it's Labyrinth Lord, but you know it, it could work with basic D and D. You know, you could do the Mold Bay or, or, or whatever. Um, but yeah, the artwork and the presentation it, it looks like you can just jump right in and play. You know, it doesn't look intimidating or you know overly complex. Um, it's like all handwritten. Like you could like you could see this in like. You, you you could flash back to the 80s and see this sitting in like your DM's binder on the table. I, I don't know. That's just how I feel. I think that it's meant to actually look like that. It, totally. You could totally see this like a flashback. Like, whoa, this is in my DM's binder at the table. Except that the artwork is so much more skilled than any DM I ever had. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> So, how many pages do we have in this thing? I didn't even count the pages. I was so excited about reading this. Was it 32? <laughs> yeah, about that. 32 pages, and you only have the front cover and the second page, which is the contributors and the OGL. Everything else is just pure everything. Pure content. Yeah, yeah pure it, content. It... Pure content and, in here. 
And it really is a, a pick and choose. I mean, you can open up to any random page and say, I got inspiration I can use from this. I mean, you got you don't have, handmade you know. character sheets, too. Yeah, and he did that in the first uh, issue, too. And uh, I have some printed out. I want to use it my, uh, in the AD&D game I play twice a month. Yeah, the first yeah. one is... I, I just love the first one. It, it can be perfect for any game. It, it almost... It has that look to it like it's hand-drawn, but I, maybe it's computer hand-drawn. I'm not sure, but it looks really cool, though. No, it, it's nice. Yeah, I, I don't think it's computer. It looks like it's hand-drawn. I think it is, yeah. Yeah. So if we go to page two of the actual thing, I'm looking now. I see page numbers here now. I didn't realize that. Page 22. Doo -doo -doo. Looks like we have 23, 24, 24. I have the keeper on mine. Yeah. So page two right. is, sorry, my papers fell apart here, is the keeper, which is a homemade class pretty much for Labyrinth Lord, uh, 10 levels, and it has the basic requirements and everything you need for the class with custom artwork, even tells you what spells the cast uses. Uh, the keeper, you are a child of the forest and defender of the ways of Mother Nature. You attack and save as a cleric. You prefer bows. Light armor and small weapons. You are probably neutral in alignment. And then it goes into the various uh, titles. I love titles. Titles for each level. Hit dice, 1d6. It has the spell chart. It tells you your special abilities. I'm quoting here like Dr. Evil. Dr. Evil. Ooh. And it just basically says you cast spells learned through wild mysteries as a druid. Uh, sorry, you cast... Yeah, that's right. And you can cast magic user spells based on fire, water, air, and earth only. So that's kind of an interesting mix for that character class. Well, yeah, definitely. I like that uh, that sanctify special ability. That's kind of oh, yeah. You oh, can yeah. sanctify 100 square feet of natural space. You can get like into some sylvan glade or grove or something and sanctify it. And then you can, you know, which gives a bonus to your allies. You know, plus one attacks and saves and healing rolls. Um, and then it's basically, you know, you wait for the creatures to come and attack you, and I get a bonus. Exactly. Very useful. And I could see this ported into almost any edition, honestly, even possibly second edition, maybe, yeah. It's kind of... It's kind of up there in the air, so it can be imported into any edition. Don't you guys agree with that? Yeah, I mean... There were, well, old-school edition, really, that is. Any old-school. Any old yeah. Not yeah. basic. Yeah, uh, you know, AD&D, AD like Sword and Wizardry, Labyrinth Ford, uh, Vince, your own Mazes and Perils. It, it should fit. Yeah, I think it would fit in Mazes and Perils very nicely. I'll have to see if people want to play that in our game that we're going to play soon. Mm -hmm. Flipping over to page three, Eric, why don't you handle that one for us? Okay, well, it's the Blind Guardian. And this is uh, a class that gives up physical sight for i guess an inner sight yeah and uh it, it's a very interesting take i mean i i see this class as the uh guardian of a of a tomb or a church uh they can still even though they can't see they can they can still adventure because like i said they have an inner vision i like it because although it's you know you have to be lawful and or good but it doesn't mean that you have to be good. You could be lawful evil. 
and that's it. I, I, that's another thing that I even with the previous class, you know, they're saying, you know, you are probably neutral. It doesn't say you have to be neutral. I, 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 I like that freedom. I just something that just stuck out, struck out to me when I, when I was reading uh, all this stuff. But uh, this yeah, goes when this character uses their 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 holy weapon, they fight as a cleric. But if they don't use that weapon, they're attacking like a wizard. That's kind of interesting. It's kind of like that whole swordsman type class. You know, this is your weapon, or like a samurai. This is your weapon. This is the only weapon you're supposed to use. Any other weapon, you're going to be taking penalties. So, right. So they they can see evil and malice, like you know, basically to detect evil. Uh, they can read magic and read languages once per day. Again, they're like I said, they're blind, but they have an inner sight. But uh, I do like this because the defender, if an innocent suffers at the hand of evil due to your negligence or failure, you must avenge them or die. So you were talking about a samurai. Pretty much, there's a little bit of that there too. Because if you don't, if somebody, if 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 an innocent dies because of you, you, you know you can't, you know, fix it. You can't avenge it. For, you know, avenge it. You gotta take your uh, your own life. Your character is done. Pretty much. Yeah. That's that's pretty <clears throat> pretty good. Pretty you know, but they also have righteous blow, which is uh, if they're fighting uh, chaotic or evil, of hit dice less than them on a nineteen or twenty. Uh, if they, if it hits, their foe must save or die. <laughs> but if you roll an actual one, you are in such uh, spiritual turmoil, you can do nothing for D4 rounds. So that is one double-edged sword. You know, hmm. if you don't, if you didn't kill your foe and you're there standing there confused for uh, two rounds, is there a we- weapon on you? Yeah. Mm. And they also have a shield of light. You can absorb the damage from any blow or spell aimed at an ally or an innocent within 40 feet. Once per day per level. So really, this this character is a it's, it's like I said, your blind guardian, your protector. This is almost like a, a a paladin with the tweak that you're going to seriously just you're not fighting evil so much as protecting the innocents. I like that. Mm-hmm. His classes are very well done. They all have their own flavor, and that's. Yeah, they all have their little like little niche to them, make them perfectly fit into this, or not fit into if you don't like it. Yeah, because they they all, they all they all have flavor. It might not fit your campaign as a GM, but these options are great. This really is nice. I could also picture putting like a blind guardian as as almost like an NPC. Oh yeah, yeah, to kind of maybe like help the party, or you know, that might be kind of interesting. And. Let's head over to page four. Now, I'm not going to give out too many details about this Mesa the Ape King. It's, it's, a, it's a little mini, a little tiny side quest type adventure thing. Uh, the one thing I do like about this is the little bubbles for the hit points instead of having oh, yeah. the DM count things out. He, James actually put up a post on his, uh, on his blog about how he tracks hit points and he uses little bubbles and fills them in so you don't have to do math and each one represents a certain number. So mm-hmm. if it has 15 hit points, each little bubble is going to be one little hit point in the row here. 
So it's kind of an interesting thing. And you don't have to actually do math. You just go, okay. Do, do, do. It's, you're still doing math, but it just gives you something fun to do because you're coloring in things. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What DM doesn't like to color? Come on now. True. Now, the one thing about this module, uh, module uh, side quest, is the actual mace itself. Did you guys... What did you guys think of that mace? I mean, it has the three little buttons on it that the Abe King has. Oh, it's strong as anything. It, it, it's basically a sword of sharpness, although the fact that you can lose a finger I, I, instead of something larger, I actually think it's pretty funny. Um, or lose your head. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. All right. But, but uh, uh, I, it comes to turn into a spear, although I will tell you, if I was a PC, I would never throw this, even if my party's life depended on it. But it comes so back. It, does it come back? Returns at the it. end of next round, it says. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm looking at it. But, all right, never mind. Clean your glasses. Uh, I'd probably still be using it as a as a sharp blade. But, no, it's nice. And then it, I, I kind of can... like the way he throws it from, from inside the shrine's shadows. Like, it comes, like, just flying out of the shrine. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> Always hiding in the shadows, throwing it. Yeah. Well, I think it's pretty cool. A nineteen, or basically on a nineteen, it destroys any non-magical armor or shield. So wow. There well, goes... Yeah, the mace. Yep. Yeah. And it doesn't say natural nineteen; it's an adjusted nineteen plus. Yeah. So that that can be happening a lot if you've got, you know, little strength and a couple of levels behind you. Yep. Okay, and on page six, we have some uh, new monsters that you can take a look at, but I'm not going to reveal those because we want you to take a look at the actual product itself. Seven, he does right. two new monsters. And there's a total of six in that section. Yeah. The art is, the art is perfect for each of them. I, although I will have to say one thing I love without giving away too much is that, that Rimbler. I'm looking at, thank you. Thank he you. He has 1D6 feely arms. <laughs> Oh yeah, I just I didn't realize that. You're right. They usually have a terrible temper and attack on sight. Choose each each round what one attack mode at random. Jeez. I like the ribbon heart extraction. Yes. <laughs> and this is the part. Okay, on page nine, Elgrain's fearful book of death. <laughs> I'm not sure if you picked that out. Would have been my favorite part, Eric or Colin, but that this is my favorite part. <laughs> I just, well, you know, I, I don't know. I don't play too many spellcasters. I don't know, really so. either, but I just, I just like how it's written, how it's laid out, how there's like a whole thing behind it. Uh, to even use this whole magical, fearful book of death, you have to pretty much swear your soul to the master of Elgrain before the arcane secrets can be learned. Rejection of the offers require the wizard, the wizard to save or die for each spell they attempt to learn. This wow. book is just like full chocked evil and awesomeness and just the spider webs and how it's drawn out and all the little spells you get in here that are just, I have to say, original awesomeness. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is my favorite part. <laughs> yep, and this is, where, this is the section where, uh, although there's some handwriting, a lot of it is actually typeset, because this is these are, these are spell descriptions. You have you have to be able to it has to be organized. But yeah, it's 
Uh, it's good stuff. See, like, I, I, I got stuck on the, uh, the magic items that were, were part of this. Which the, one did you uh, like in particular? The next, the next, on the next page of the, uh, the Necrom Org, the sword with the skull impaled on a blade. Oh yeah. Oh, that is kind of yeah. That is a cool picture. I, did, I forgot about that picture. That is awesome. Yeah, and the, and the ship of souls. Yeah, I like that's... how it says that it's Necrom Org is a plus two sword that cannot be broken. A human skull is impaled upon it and cannot be removed. <laughs> <sighs> so flipping yeah. over, we do have a new class that you can play. There's another new class: the wolf, the werewolf hunter. I love the picture. He's holding like yeah, great. The, the the hunter's just holding this dead wolf's head in his hand with the tongue hanging out. It's great. He has some pretty neat abilities. Like he automatically is a silversmith. He can make one arrowhead per round, or per hour per silver worth of material. So you have a resistance to poison. You have wolf fighter, wolf's bane. Track him down so you can track things. This is a pretty cool class. I wonder how it would actually play out. I'd have to yeah, try. it's pretty cool. I, I I like how you know it's it's one mile of tracking per level. You know, so if it's like you know an eighth level, you can track a werewolf like eight miles. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Or any wolf, actually. And then we have another new class, kind of like a I I the mold warp. It's kind of it's like, like a, a racial class. Yeah, I was gonna say like yeah. a monster. Remember the monster classes that they always talked about? You could play. This reminds me of that, which basically it is. It's kind of right. like, is this like a weasel or a I'm not sure exactly. It's a giant badger. Giant badger pretty much, yeah. Has natural claws, toxic saliva. Burrow away oh, from gosh. trouble. I think this that cracked me up. Smell food and lies. Oh, I'm sorry. You know what it says is maybe you are the evolved cousin of the common mole. Oh, okay. mole. I thought so, yeah. All right. That's on toy about uh, page twelve, and that's concept design and artwork by Matt Hildebrand. Huh. Yep. Good job. And now we get our Toxic first saliva. <laughs> yeah, and then we get our first like mini. Well, I wouldn't call it mini. Just our first adventure module called Vault of the Whisperer. What'd you guys think of this? I, I got stuck looking at the map, and it was like uh, looking at a Dyson map if uh, Dyson was on a slight trip. <laughs> Dyson, it really is it's amazing work. Dyson it's, took some drugs and he drew this. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like his map style. I like the over, like, thick lines for the outline and the little hashes in between, but he, he does a good job with this map. I... I yeah, that was that. That's actually yeah, Carl you know, Sternberg. It's just, just I guess the J is silent. Oh yeah, John Sternberg. You're right. Correct. JV West wrote the adventure, but Carl did the map, and I think it's and the uh, artwork in the adventure. Yeah. So there's he some great monsters in this thing. Lays out yeah, thirteen yeah. rooms for us with some really interesting cultists inside here with the mystery of the whispering vault here, the Whisperer Vault. And the people were be uh, beckoned inside by the whispering sounds, and yeah, the caged cultist—he's got like a cage on his head. Yeah, 
and the bell summoner has a bell on his head because he holds a bell too. This was kind of cool. Made me crack up. Yeah, I, I love this module. I thought this was great. Some of the creatures are kind of really warpy, weird, which is really cool. Like the gauntlet of Gorif. Gorif, am I pronouncing that right? Well, yeah, and it, it, it's almost Lovecraftian, you know. Yeah. Yes, and, and the great thing is, these are literally new creatures being added to uh, the OSR. You know. Yeah, yeah, he's he's not throwing in your uh, your orcs and goblins or mine, you know, no skeletons and zombies. He's going deep, and uh, it's great. That's why I say you can open up any page and just find inspiration for your own game from this. Yeah, actually, it's not as much Lovecraftian as it is uh, Clark Ashton Smith, if you're familiar with him. Yeah. And then you finally get to what the Whisperer is, this giant mouth <laughs> in the ground. And it <laughs> has 32 teeth. And it has like a... I love how his little artwork has the little bubbles around each tooth so you can mark <laughs> off damage for each tooth. <laughs> yeah, it's great. 32 teeth. Yeah. Uh, Once per round, the creature can whisper awful secrets to a target PC, forcing him to save, saving throw versus death to avoid going instant, instantly insane. Yeah, that's very, that's very cool, Cthulhu-like. I love it. Yeah, so the thing's pretty mean. So after the module, we have another class, the Summoner. Well, actually, you, no, you missed the class. Did I? Yep, the Phase Savage. Oh, I don't know if I see him. I don't see him. No. What page is that, Eric? Page 20. Unless I... No, page 20. Unless I, unless I pulled up the old document. It's not in the new one. I think you pulled up the old document. Oh. Yeah, no, that was the old. I don't see it. Yeah, because right. page 20 is part of the... Uh, is the part adventure? Of the adventure, yeah. All right. Rooms 12 and 13, and then the end. Forget, forget what I just said. <laughs> I'm looking at the summoner now. Ignore Eric Tankar, who had both things open at once because he was talking about both. Yeah, there you go. So the summoner, what did you think of the summoner now that you're seeing it? I like, you know, it's uh, it's a magic using class that has reduced general magic using powers but enhanced summoning powers. And, and actually that's good because much of summoning spells in in D and D get less powerful pretty much as as they get up because the hit dice don't follow follow up with the uh, the look the spell level. Yeah. But uh, here, you can cast one spell level of summoning monster spells per day, per level. So that really means that you can really pump it up as as you get high in level you can at fifth level you can cast like a summon monster five or summon monster three and a summon monster one twice or any combination it's it's a powerful class it, it it's actually a very good class for small parties because it gives you a lot of uh uh cannon fodder when needed you know when i, I saw this class I, I i really thought it was neat because i envisioned in my mind having a short level adventure where you're learning to become a summoner Okay. On like Academy of Magic or something, and you know, as you're learning how to do this stuff, obviously it goes horribly wrong. 
you know what I mean? You like summon creatures that like attack you or attack the academy or, or something like that. So I think there can be really fun adventures can be actually written around the class itself. Oh yeah. And I do like the idea that you can this character can also like charm monster. You can take control. It really, uh, if you played things like uh, EverQuest or any of those uh, MMOs, if you ever wanted to solo, you always consider taking a class that could summon. Yeah. You, oh, so you, you brought your own party with you. This is, like I said, yeah, a perfect class for if you only have a couple people playing. You know, you got a two-person party. Make a summon of one of them, and are you, you're probably good to go. Contact other plane. I'm not familiar with that spell. Is what's, What level spell is that one? I'm trying to think. Where is that from? Oh, yeah. It's a cleric spell. Oh, that's probably why. I don't play many of these. Fifth level? Sixth level? I, okay. I have to ask a question to a, a being from a, from a different plane, and they may or may not answer you, if I recall correctly. Or it could go horribly wrong. Yes. They don't, they don't have to... Uh, you can contact them. They don't actually have to give you what you want, but yes. Or they might mislead you. Yeah. I foresee that happening. And then at like, you know, level five, they get permanent mastery so they can get permanent control of a monster they've already summoned or taken control of. And, and you are literally building your own monster henchman. I, this would be a class that might have difficulty going into the average uh, fantasy city or town. But uh, once you leave your, your monster horde outside. Yeah. <sighs> So, yeah, really, it's just... A nine-level class, too. I'm noticing, like, the other one was, what, not 10, 14? Well, no, it's, 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 it's after ninth, it's one hit point. Oh, that's 15, true, yeah, I didn't see 150,000 XP per level after nine. I wonder why you stopped at nine. Uh, that's when you hit Master Summoner, I guess, and then you don't need new titles. Oh, I see how you do it. You're right. He's basically getting off the titles and then kind of... Huh. You know? So if we ran out of titles at level 8, he would have done 8? Maybe. I'm or hit curious. dice. Yeah, or hit dice, yeah. And the hit dice also capped at 9. Like I said, this, this uh, character uh, or class, he can, he can cast magic as a spells, but he only casts them as a wizard half the actual level. So he's, uh, you know, a little uh, gimped on that level, but you have such a built-in army, especially as you gain a few levels, it is... Huge potential. Yeah. Cool. And then we have, which I love also, is the meat shields of bleeding or bleeding with the little E kind of shoved back. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. be, it cracked me up when I saw that. It's kind of like a. Sign. I didn't even catch it the first time. You didn't catch that? No. Oh, come on, man. No, I just I just read it as bleeding. And now I see that that is awesome. Yeah, it's a sign that would be on a tavern. It looks like someone kind of did, wrote it wrong and went, whoops, and then slide the E back yep. in there. <laughs> well, you know, there. There's two things going on here. It's a send-up to two different modules. Yeah. Um, the, the first one, obviously, is the Shady Dragon Inn, where you had the the characters, the, 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 the pre-gens and all that stuff inside the tavern. You guys remember that, right? Yep. Yep. And then also with this sign that's out in front, it's remember the uh, I six Ravenloft, mm-hmm. where the, the blood on the vine, oh, tavern, okay. instead of okay. the blood of the vine tavern, and somebody went up there and wrote on <laughs> rather than of. Yes. 
<laughs> so I love this. This is great. It's a, it's a total send up. Excellent. I this didn't is... even catch that second part. Wow. Oh, damn. This is basically your NPCs to hire, and it has basically uh, how much gold per day they would have, their turnoffs, their turn-ons, basically what <sighs> their stats are, how to, you know, the turn-ons and turn-offs are used for when you're trying to get them recruited to, you know, negotiate with you on what they want to do per day. So you get some really good, solid, moody and not-so-moody NPCs here. <laughs> yeah, and what, what I really like the description of sentence are too long. It's enough to give you insight, not so much that you're stuck reading a paragraph and going, oh, I'm really... Oh, so I have to run it this way. No, it leaves um, it yeah, open Like, like the, the feral child, and he looks like the kid from... Um you know, the road warrior. The only thing it says about him is the wilds raised him, the city lured him and adventures keep him coming back. Yep. And we have a couple pages of some NPCs here, which we're not going to ruin for you. We want you to download it. And then finally, the last page is another home drawn character sheet. Which wraps (laughs) up. Those sheets are awesome. Oh God. Which wraps it up. So, if we're going to do our usual rating of tankers, tankers, sorry, <laughs> not not Eric's. <laughs> I'm not going to put it. That'd be actually funny. The rating is little Eric heads. <laughs> oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> How many Eric tank cars are you going to rate? <laughs> yeah, just, just, just grab the floating head from the uh, live stream that went up last week. Oh, yes, that's right. You, you might want to drop that little note here, too, as well, to join you in the live stream for the tavern at blogspot.com. Yeah, but I'm bummed. Never gets but, old. Uh, no, it doesn't. Thank you, Glenn. Uh, no, I, I love this. I, I really just want to print out the sheets from uh, this issue and last issue and just bring, you know, just bring them with me for my next game and just pass them out to everybody else and... and have fun because they're just they capture so much of what the OSR is. It's a lot of ooh ah. Yeah. It is. If you're gonna do if we're gonna do tankers or tank if we're gonna do tankers, right? Yes, tankers. Whatever. Not tank yeah. cars. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you threw me up. This is this is a solid five. Real solid five. What about you, Colin? So we're doing one to five. Yeah, one to five. Tanker, it's not tank cars. <laughs> Sorry. Tankers. Um, I, you know, I, I loved it. Um, you know, for, for what it tries to do, you know, with, within the genre that it operates is, is a, you know, like a module slash zine that you can use. Yeah. Um, and just because of the stuff he's got thrown in here, um, I'm going to give it a five too. Um, I, I especially love those NPCs, like the Shady Dragon and kind of stuff. Yeah. And just the imaginative nature of the whole thing. I just really love it. I mean, it's, it's something I totally picture playing. I'm going to go with the five for myself because I love absolutely love everything that's in this and I look forward to number three. Yeah, you heard me. Number three. <laughs> and um, now, now these are all in PDF. Pay what you want. Uh, it's easy to print it believe, out. I do believe there's a print option on uh, issue one. From uh, Pete Regan over in England, I think he's doing that for him. Uh, I think there's a print option for this too, but it may not be available yet because I know James had a couple copies, and he was like, "Oh, well, we could send you a copy." I'm like, "No, I just just the PDF is fine." 
Yeah. So he may be gearing up to get an actual print copy of this as well. So. I, I hope so, because that's the stuff that I want to physically hold, and I don't want to say caress, but I certainly want to physically look at the artwork. I, I It looks great in PDF, and I always find that art, especially black and white art, looks better in print. Yeah, yep. I, I printed it out, actually. I, I went at work, I just printed it out to see what it looked like on print paper, and it looks even better than PDF, so I was just like, yeah. <laughs> I want to know go. what it looks I want a physical copy of it, so, you know. It's good to have. I mean, I could stick this right in my DM binder if I need to go to little mini adventure. Boom, there we go. There's the Vault yeah. of Whisper or the little yeah, or the a- apes. Anything that I love, um, yeah, I really like. I mean, I always get a print copy, I and mean, I have a print copy of just about everything because I'm just a print guy. You Colin know? is I, sitting I on just... print books. There's so many books in his room. Oh yeah, oh, God, you should see my collection. It's <laughs> insane. You guys have a lot of stuff, man. Dead Game Society has a lot of stuff. Yeah, between Michael Brown and I, we have like a gaming store versus of stuff, basically. I mean, like <laughs> thousands of items. You guys could probably open up your own gaming store at this point. <laughs> All right, well. We didn't have to give up stuff. So we gave it a solid five tankards, and we'll give it a solid six tankards. Ooh, a new rating. Wait a I'm worth less than a tankard. No, six. That I know, means but better. the six of me makes five of them. Uh, um, all right, you're right. <laughs> Fine, ten. No, one tankar. How's that? <laughs> a solid one, Eric tankar. How's that? I, I admit defeat. All I know is it's a great product. Yeah, it's a great product. I suggest you pick it up. It's on uh, RPG now. Drive through RPG. Black pudding number two by Random Order Creations. James V. West. You can pick it up, pay what you want. So I guess that's going to conclude the show this week, and uh, we have more reviews coming our way. If you want to send us a review, oldschoolpodcast at ggstexas.com and or go to our website, ggstexas.com, and leave us uh, a message. Or if you have a suggestion of what you want reviewed, we can drop a link or hit us up an email with the product. We'll be happy to review it for you. I'm going to say goodnight, everybody, and see you next time. Later, Pete. Good night.